We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Sunday night after the Wolves beat the Utah Jazz by 20. Final score of Wolves 126, Jazz 106. Tonight we got to talk about uh, Cat just going off tonight. He had a triple-double, 31 points, 11 boards, 10 assists. Five of those assists went to Jade McDaniels, who had a season-high 22 points tonight on a perfect 9 of 9 shooting. So we got to... We'll hit on Jaden's play of late, kind of some trends we've been noticing. Jaden's now made nine of his last 18 threes. And then, yeah, just some other notes from tonight's game. No D'Lo, Pat Bev. So we got to see some solo play from Ant and Cat. Want to throw some numbers out there. Utah was also playing very shorthanded. We'll hit on that. And the Wolves went with a different starting five tonight. But let's start with Cat. Again, 31 points, 11 boards, 10 assists for him. It did get a little triple-double hunty in the fourth, looking for some assists, but the passing earlier in the game really did open up a lot uh, for Cat and for the Wolves as a whole. As, as we know, as we know well now, uh, Utah guards Cat with a small, Bogdanovich or Rudy Gay, and they have their center kind of lurk Cat's way to double-team him. And tonight, Cat totally picked that apart. Hey, he wasn't flustered. Just kind of squared up, looked above it, found cutters or shooters. He didn't commit any offensive fouls against the double, and he didn't have any turnovers out of it. Now, the caveat is it wasn't Gobert as the lurking center this time. Gobert was out, so Hassan Whiteside started, played that role. And Whiteside got cat once early with it, but overall, he was not very good in that role, particularly when the Jazz went with Rudy Gay at the four guarding cat and then had Whiteside lurking. It was pretty easy for Cat to pick them apart. Um, the Wolves also kind of... I, I liked how they flowed out of Cat in the post in the first half, even though he was having success as a passer. In the second half, they kind of went to him at the top of the key. Gay was playing Cat pretty soft. He dropped in the lane when Cat would set that ball screen. So Cat and Noel, they got the pick-and-pop game going. And once they had that rolling, it was, it was pretty much a wrap. He had, Cat hit his first pick and pop, and uh, in in the yeah in the beginning of the third quarter, and he he backpedaled back on D as he does, and D'Lo from the bench you could hear him say that was a slow backpedal, gonna be a long night, 
And that was right. Very next possession, Cat catches it at the top of the key. Blows by Gay for an and one possession after that. Cat gets a tip dunk off a Noel miss over three Jazz players who are in the lane. And possession after that, another pick and pop with Noel for another made three. Then took a possession off. Two possessions later, Cat again blows by Gay for another runner. Um, it was just moving from the post to the top of the key to start the second half. Cat had 18 points in that third quarter alone. Made seven of his eight shots in that in that quarter. Also had four assists in that quarter, too. And the Wolves made 16 of their 25 shots in the third quarter, and that kind of wrapped this game up. And Cat scored or assisted on 11 of those 16 makes. It was paint to pop to drive. I asked Cat after the game about that sort of progression he went through in the game and just, just about the team getting more comfortable against this Utah defense that we not only see Utah play, but Utah was kind of the first one to do it. Here's Cat. When you talk about like one play at a time, kind of until they stop progress from it, was was it happenstance that it was kind of like post, then pop, then drive for you? Like, is that your... Just mixing it up. I mean, just taking what the defense gives me. I, there was one time I took, I think, two straight pop threes. I just was taking what the defense gives me. Um, first one, just the easy pop, you know, set my feet shot, happy to make it. But the second time, you know, it, defenses are going to, you know, try to adjust. So catching it off the pop, giving a jab step, making the belief that I would drive and just seeing, you know, that I have another chance to shoot another three, made it, tough shot. Um, but just keeping it like that, like, you know... Uh, Reversal five. Yeah, I, it's just just keep changing the options. You know, one option. Oh yeah, we shoot a three. Next one, jab three. Next one, jab, blow by, gets the paint, pass out three. Or you know, we get cut from the wing. You know, there's a lot of different things. Um, my teammates just you know trusted me to make the right plays, and so they stopped it. Coach Finch was talking about how you guys have seen a lot of that sort of you guarded by the four, lurking double by the five, and that as a group, you guys are becoming more comfortable playing off of that. How, how do you feel your teammates are becoming comfortable playing off of those catches? I think they're just, we're just getting more and more comfortable with each other every single day. So, you know, they understand the nuances of the game and especially how I play. So, and Ant plays and D-Lo plays. So, um, knowing that, you know, get the ball in the post, double, triple team comes early, most likely than not, in my eyes, because I'm a facilitator. I'm not trying to be aggressive. I'm going to try to facilitate, make sure, make the right play. Maybe it's a play. It's not even an assist for me. Maybe it's a hockey assist. Maybe it's a cut through the paint, throw it to the man in the paint, paint to the opposite corner, three ball. You know, there's a lot of different ways to um, orchestrate the game. Um, and it doesn't have to come from me scoring. And, it, you know, just make the right winning plays, right, the right basketball plays. And at the end of the day, come in the locker room feeling good about how we play, regardless if we make shots or not. When Cat is orchestrating, he needs his teammates to either cut for a bucket, right, or spot up for open catch-and-shoot looks. Tonight, he got both of those things, especially from Jaden McDaniels. Again, McDaniels had a season-high 22 tonight. He made all six of his twos on cuts and all three of his threes in spot-up. Obviously, this game was a high bar for McDaniels. It was his, his pretty clearly his best game of the year, but I think it gives us a good idea of how McDaniels can be a complement to Cat specifically. I was thinking during the game that this type of play from McDaniels kind of reminds me of Aaron Gordon. In my mind, you know, back before he was traded to Denver, I, I always thought that Gordon would be a really good fit next to Cat. I think in ways that's kind of proved to be true in how seamlessly Gordon's kind of fit in next to Jokic in Denver. And, you know, I think for 
Gordon detractors, a lot of that credit probably goes to Jokic and Jokic's ability to be a facilitator and being able to facilitate from different levels, you know, the post, the elbow, beyond the arc. But I think that's the hope with Cat too, is that he can be that. I mean, he's not going to be Jokic as a passer, but that he can also facilitate from different places on the floor. And because of that, you know, have his facilitation lead to buckets in different ways. And that's what we saw from McDaniels tonight. It wasn't just one type of offense from him. And that's big because it takes the pressure off of McDaniels as a shooter. And when he's exclusively asked to shoot, McDaniels seems to kind of tense up in that role. Finch brought that up in his post game when he talked about how McDaniels just needs to not play as a shooter, but as a basketball player. Here's Finch on McDaniels. And with Jaden, uh, obviously perfect night offensively, but just in the way that he had maybe some splash plays, yeah. dunks, and, and 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 the lob pass and stuff, do you see a, a little confidence growing there with him lately? Yeah, you know, he's been he's been playing, um, particularly when he comes off the bench, he's been playing with a lot of pop. You know, I, what I really like about him is he's just everything he's doing is very decisive. You know, he's shooting it, he's committed to it. If he's driving it, he's playing off the catch. And he's so long. If he beats his guy on one dribble and it unfolds, he's at the rim, you know. Um, and uh, just, you know, very aggressive. Even in the end of the third, just the two-for-one, the recognition to know that we have a two-for-one. And we know we weren't actually really going to go two-for-one, but he, he, he got the ball in a great space and made the play. So, uh, you know, and of course, the defense is, is, is always there every night. With all of that being said, has there been anything that's surprised you from Jaden, or is this kind of what you expected? Um, well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I think Jaden is like kind of on a path that you know you would expect from anybody developing. Like he's going to have a couple of good games. He's going to have a couple. I mean, in a, in a run of three games, he's going to play well twice, and then maybe not so well the next time. But I love the fact that he just keeps competing. Um, you know, his confidence is growing. He, he was down on himself and down on his shot at times. Um, you know, I just said to him one, you know, it's like, you're not a shooter, you're a basketball player. So go make basketball players and the shots will go in, you know, don't, don't define yourself by whether you miss or make shots. And, and I thought that resonated with him because he is a basketball player. You can do a little bit of everything. And that's, that's what we need him to keep doing. It has felt more like McDaniels, the basketball player recently, rather than McDaniels, the shooter. You know, it helps that the shot is going in. Like I said, he's made nine of his last 18 threes over the last four games, but that helps open up the rest of his game or the rest of his game helps open up the shot. They kind of got to go together. And again, that's where I see similarities to Aaron Gordon, particularly when Gordon's rolling, right? A big part of the knock on Gordon has always been his shooting. Gordon's a career 32% three-point shooter. He's never shot over 35% in his career from three in a single season in his career. But he shoots them because that helps open up the offense to be facilitated through. McDaniels is probably that level of shooter. Now, even after going three for three from deep tonight, he's still only 29% from three on the year. But he's got to shoot them, particularly given how the Wolves already play one player who doesn't shoot threes in Vanderbilt. It's just critical that McDaniels can shoot those. The offense is just going to ask that of him. But he's also got to make those basketball plays. That's the type of player Jaden's been his whole life. In Washington, he was that player. And I think that's the type of player that we all started to be intrigued by at the end of last season. It probably was too much catch-and-shoot stuff from McDaniels at the beginning of the season. 
and then missing those catch and shoots at the rate he did, you know, seemed to kind of deteriorate the basketball player parts of his game. And I think it's just, it's easy for us to forget how big of a role confidence plays for these guys, for any role player, but especially a 21 year old role, role player like McDaniels is. This version of McDaniels, the Aaron Gordon version, can go a long way with this Wolves team. And it's and it's going to be just as needed with this team once D'Lo and Pat Bev gets back. They're still going to need this pop we saw from McDaniels tonight. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back to roll through a couple other notes and thoughts of mine from tonight's game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back discussing the Wolves 20-point win over the Jazz on Sunday night. Going back to the beginning of the game, the first sort of shift we saw in how this game was going to play out was when Chris Finch submitted his starting lineup. There was no D'Angelo Russell and no Patrick Beverly again, which meant, right, two open starting spots. And on Friday against the Suns, with those same two open starting spots, Finch plugged those holes with Jalen Noel at point guard and Jaden McDaniels on the wing. Tonight, Finch went with Jordan McLaughlin at point and Malik Beasley on the wing, sliding Noel and McDaniels back into their more typical bench roles. As Finch after the game, what kind of went into that move, it certainly caught me by surprise. And Finch mentioned kind of three things. One, they were worried about the Conley matchup, he said, and specifically worried about Noel getting into early foul trouble again and that kind of just throwing off his whole rotation. That's what happened in the Phoenix game. He also said he wanted to try and get Beasley to continue rolling off of that Phoenix game where Beasley had 28, I think, against Phoenix. And then also, Finch just really likes McLaughlin. Uh, he, he talked before the game about some of those extra effort plays that McLaughlin made in the Suns game that sort of signaled to Finch that you know, J-Mac was kind of back to being that valuable role, play, role piece he was last season. That certainly paid off. Ant said he prefers playing with J-Mac rather than playing point guard himself. So that helps fuel some facilitation, some facilitation for Ant. Overall, on the night, J-Mac scores 12 points, 
made both of his threes he took, had four assists, four steals. I thought this answer from Finch on McLaughlin could be pretty prescient after the trade deadline. Here's Finch on McLaughlin. McLaughlin playing well tonight, coming off of pretty good performance against Phoenix, yeah. too. If he's playing well, how much more versatility does that give you? Where, like, you know, even if you want to go with him as the point guard of the second unit, Jalen alongside him, just like more options, even at full strength, if he can come in and play like that? Yeah, I think, particularly as these guys come back from, uh, you know, injury. Assuming they'll maybe be on some sort of minutes restriction. So when they both start and they're both on limited minutes, it's really hard. Um, so, and I, you know, one thing we've never been able to get to a lot, uh, very much this year is uh, D'Lo and J-Mac. They played really well last year together down the stretch. They have a nice chemistry. And, and so be able to kind of tap into that would be good, too. And then, You know, you never know how the. Roster looks as you finish the season either, so it's it's it's, it's great that um, you know he's finding his confidence right now. You never know how the roster is going to look after the deadline. It's an interesting line there. It may be the first thing that comes to your mind if you're hearing that with trade deadline headphones on is that maybe Patrick Beverly is getting traded, but that's that's not what I take from it. I, I think a far more likely move that could connect to J Mac playing time is that one of the Wolves' wings is moved. I'm not saying it's a lock that Beasley or Prince gets traded, but I do think that's significantly more likely than Beverly. And with that, it it doesn't seem like a direct line to McLaughlin minutes, but it kind of could be. McLaughlin could kind of fill the end of the rotation role that Prince has had, you know, in his minutes, sliding D'Lo up to the two more often, maybe playing it next to D'Lo, and then Ant up to the three. And that's probably even easier if Beasley isn't part of the picture. And, you know, even with Beasley's poor shooting this season, like Beasley out of the rotation replaced by McLaughlin is not exactly an upgrade. But it could allow your trade to focus in a Beasley deal to be for a big, right? Rather than exchanging Beasley out for another wing. Or it could allow you to make a trade where you're trading two rotation players and only getting one back with J-Mac kind of filling that second spot now open in the rotation. Again, we you know we don't know anything, but I'll, I'll keep that comment in my mind going into the deadline, and certainly after the deadline if Beasley and or Prince are traded. One other thing I want to hit on tonight, um, it's also a little bit more big picture, but was something we got to see some of tonight, is how the Wolves play when Cat is out there by himself or Ant is out there by himself. As in, the minutes that Cat plays where both Ant and D'Lo are on the bench, or the minutes that Ant plays when both Cat and D'Lo are on the bench. With D'Lo out tonight, we got an extended look at both of those types of lineup combinations. Cat played seven minutes tonight with Ant on the bench, and Ant played nine and a half minutes tonight with Cat on the bench. If you look at it for the season, well, actually, I'm going to pause and let you guess. Guess what lineup combination has been the best this year. One, Cat with Ant and D'Lo on the bench. Two, Ant with Cat and D'Lo on the bench. Or three, D'Lo with Cat and Ant on the bench. Got your guess? The answer is not what I would have expected. The best of those three is Ant with Cat and D'Lo on the bench. It's actually the only one of those three with a positive net rating on the season. Ant with no Cat and no D'Lo has a net rating of plus 5.5 this year. Which is pretty good. 79th percentile. D'Lo 
with no cat and no ant has a net rating of minus 8.7. Pretty bad, 15th percentile. And the worst is actually cat with no ant and no dilo, minus 16.3. Really, really bad, third percentile. Now, you would think that cat, the best player on the team, would have the most success even in the lineups that he's out there without his two best teammates, right? But as we kind of continue to look at lineup combinations this year, it's it's just becoming so clear that D'Lo being on the floor with Cat has a huge positive influence on Cat. And glass half empty, Cat out there without D'Lo is kind of killer. We're also learning that those D'Lo minutes, when he's not out there with Cat and Ant, are a struggle. D'Lo needs at least one of them to kind of help particularly in the the scoring areas. But it is interesting that the Ant one is the best, right? Like, And I think a lot of that has to do with Ant's ability to run the point or initiate offense by himself. Cat can't do that. I think what's hurting Cat is that he just doesn't really get any playmaking help when both Ant and D'Lo are on the bench when he's out there. Those are the minutes where adding a backup point guard, right, feels really important for this team. But I think the positive takeaway here is that Ant can do it. Ant can play without Cat and without D'Lo. And that unlocks some funky lineups for this group. In the Phoenix game, we saw Finch go with a lineup where it was Nas, Vando, Prince, McDaniels, and Ant all out there. That's a huge, long lineup. You can get real switchy with that. Tonight, Ant was playing more with McLaughlin, so he wasn't the point guard. But Finch was still able to go with long defenders around them. Vando, Prince, McDaniels. Again, we know Ant does not prefer to be the point guard. He's said that again tonight. But it will inevitably become a part of his evolution that he can be a pseudo point guard if he is going to turn more into that Dwayne Wade, Luka Doncic type of player. I think it's just encouraging that he's showing early signs of being able to do some of that. And I think it opens up a whole new way for Finch to kind of look at the rotation eventually. I mean, Ant has been tethered to Cat this year. Something like 75% of his minutes, Cat has been out there with him too. But I think we're beginning to learn that he doesn't have to be. We're, We're seeing Ant become an offensive engine, even when he's not being flanked by the other two of the big three. Overall, though, it was not a good night for Ant. He was only two of nine from deep, finished with only 15 points, three boards, and four assists. Um, in prize picks, I actually took the over on that. It was 31 and a half. The over-under was 31 and a half for points, rebounds, and assists for Ant. Uh, in the Phoenix game, Ant had 42 combined in those categories. You know, my thinking again was no deal. Maybe we'll see something similar to that. Um, I, I thought Ant might be able to get the over just the over of 31 and a half just on points tonight. But again, only 15, three, and four from Ant was only good. For 22 tonight, so we missed that one. I did get my other three prize picks correct. I took the over on six and a half points for Royce O'Neal. Uh, he finished with nine. I took the over on 0.5 blocks and steals for Bogdanovich. He got one steal, so we got that. And then I also bet against Hassan Whiteside being able to have a good game against Cat. Uh, Whiteside's points plus rebounds plus assists over under was 25 and a half. Uh, Whiteside finished with 12 boards, but only had seven points, zero assists. So we got that one too. Uh, it was three and one on the night for me with those picks. Now, 101, 88, and seven on these picks on the year. 
which means it's almost good advice. Uh, if you'd like to take this advice, I do tweet out these picks about 90 minutes before tip each game. You certainly don't have to take it. If you don't want to take the advice, you can roll with your own picks at prize picks. That's oftentimes a good decision anyways. Uh, prize picks sets these props every day, every Wolves game, every NBA game. Um, and if you haven't yet made an account, you can't. Um, and when you do, you can get a sign-up bonus of $100 if you sign up using the promo code DANE. Next up for the Wolves is Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets at home on Tuesday night. Apparently, the Nuggets beat uh, Milwaukee by 36 tonight. And Ant was asked about them coming to Minneapolis for the game on Tuesday. And got to play for you uh, another classic Ant response when he was asked by our Irish friend on the Zoom, Jim, uh, what he thinks about the Nuggets beating the Bucks and, and them coming to town on Tuesday. Here's Ant. Uh, hi Anthony, Anthony up next now you have the Denver Nuggets uh, five wins on the bounce uh, they beat the Bucks by 36 points there tonight uh, you have them at home though so is that going to be a real test now to see where you are playing one of the NBA farm sides in the NBA uh, so they beat who? The Bucks did we beat the Bucks yeah, we're throwing stats out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Books too, my <laughs> Nah, but uh, nah, they really good, man. Um, they got a really, really good player in uh, number fifteen. And, you know, as long as we can contain him, we can come out with a win. They beat the Bucks too. Just gotta contain. Just gotta contain number fifteen. So, if that Jokic character has a bad night, I guess the Wolves will be all right. Um, in all seriousness, I think getting that Nuggets game would be huge. Uh, because after Denver, the Wolves play two against the Pistons, then two against the Kings. Pistons are the 14th seed in the East. Kings are the 13th seed in the West. I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to win all four of those games, but they certainly could. I'll be favored in all four of them, I think. And, you know, if you are able to beat the Nuggets and then able to rattle off those four, that would be a six-game winning streak going into the trade deadline. I mean, even, even five of six would be huge. The Wolves currently sit at 25 and 25, now 50 games into the season. That's only three and a half games behind the Nuggets, who are currently the five seed in the West. And somehow, now after beating Utah tonight, they, the Wolves, I mean, the Jazz have been losing a lot, and the Wolves are only four and a half games behind the Jazz and the four seed. It's just the right time to be moving in the right direction for the Wolves. And I think it's, I think it's time for them to get away from lurking around this 500 number, time to get a couple over 500. If they do, if they roll on this stretch into the trade deadline, I will be fascinated to hear if that has any impact on how they do approach the deadline. But we'll see. First things first, uh, it's Denver in town on Tuesday, and I'll be back to talk to you after that one. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah.